0: beautiful light of the world and welcome to the bright side. I hope you're doing well today. Thank you so much for taking time out of your day to be here to listen and support this podcast. This podcast is here to help you find light in dark places of your life because once you shine light on something, the darkness cannot overcome it. Today we are shining some light on anxiety, the what-ifs that live in our mind. I personally have had anxiety since I can remember. I don't know if it started when I got sick or before that, but I do know being ill without a doubt made it spiral out of control. At one point, I honestly couldn't leave my house. I couldn't see anyone, at least I felt like I couldn't. The what ifs became so loud that it's all I could hear. It controlled my entire life. That's when I learned that either beers and what-ifs must be faced or they take over. I was nearly dead, distant from everyone, and living constantly because of what-ifs before I realized I needed to make a change. I had to realize that on my own and choose to move forward, no one could push or force me into it. I found pressure only made it all worse. Encouragement and support was what was needed from others. I appreciate all those who not only respected me and what I was going through, but who also helped me work through it in small steps. I found for myself, I had to take a lot of what some would see as small steps, but for me, they didn't feel small at all. It felt like I was leaping from one cliff to the next, never sure if I'd make it to the other side. I think that's often how anxiety gets control of our lives. The what-ifs convince us that they are what is, and we truly don't think we can do it. But the more we believe that, the worse the anxiety gets. Anxiety is manipulative. It'll convince you not to do something because it makes you anxious and you don't want that anxiety, but by not doing it, you are unknowingly feeding into that anxiety and making it grow bigger and bigger. I know we all struggle with different anxieties, and I know for myself and many others that anxiety can often lead to OCD. For example, when I was ill and diagnosed with multiple tick-borne illnesses, the wording diseased or infection or bugs made me feel as though I was dirty. I wasn't. Not at all. If you get bit by a bug, or you have some kind of illness, you are not broken, you are not dirty, you are in no way less than. I want to make that clear. You are not your illness. It is part of your story, but it is not the entire book. You get a say on who you are and what your story is. Things such as illness are simply a chapter or a page. Do not allow it to define you. I went on a tangent a little bit there. I tend to do that. I just prefer to clarify. Then leave some gaps. I know for myself, I get lost in my mind sometimes, so I find it helpful to over-explain instead of having missing gaps. As I was saying, I felt dirty. I suppose the rashes didn't help with that. That trauma led to many anxieties that involved cleanliness. That means places did not feel safe unless they were vigorously clean and I washed my hands excessively when those places didn't feel safe. I had three main places that felt very safe to me and if they did not feel safe I had a very hard time functioning. One of them being the bathroom, which for years I couldn't even share with anyone or I thought I would get sick. I think doctors spoke so much on parasites and bacteria. And I knew my body and my immune system were so weak that the idea of someone else having something and being strong enough to fight it, but then somehow giving it to me, I just I couldn't wrap my head around it. Another area was my room, specifically my bed. Because I wasn't strong enough to wash my sheets excessively, I had to shower and then go straight to bed because if I went anywhere or touched anything, I thought I would be contaminated and then I would contaminate my bed and then it would cause rashes. Lastly, the kitchen. One of the hardest places for me since I couldn't help but share it. A doctor told me I was dying because of a bacteria from red meat I was so small that I wasn't sure how my organs were still functioning. I would struggle to even get dressed or pee or eat because I was so weak I could barely sit up. I remember laying there just breathing and my heart beating felt like too much. I don't think anyone can understand that feeling unless they've lived it, but it is terrifying to lose control of your own body and to feel it shutting down. I couldn't be near red meat, not even cooked without feeling completely unsafe and panicked. It felt like a gun to my head. That is how dangerous it felt. That is how threatening it felt. And I know some of you might be thinking, that makes no sense. That is just silly or I don't know how you could go through something like that. That doesn't make any sense. And that's the thing about anxiety. Although sometimes... Often, it doesn't always make sense, it's not always logical or rational, that feeling is still valid, that fear is still real. I'm only saying this because before getting extremely ill, although I had little anxieties, they were nothing like the ones I faced after the trauma of being ill, and if someone would have told me what I'm telling you, I wouldn't have understood. And I probably would have thought it was silly and I would have thought it was nothing. I would have been like, just have red meat around you. It's no big deal. But once you experience that suffocating fear, you understand that it's not just a silly thing. It's not. I don't think I've had fear bigger than that than the anxieties I'm talking about now that don't make a lot of sense rationally. I don't think I've ever had anything come close to it, even fears that are rational, like getting robbed or getting attacked or losing someone. Those were there, but it wasn't to the point that I wasn't able to function. This is me kindly saying, if you have anxiety... Stop being so hard on yourself. Move forward. Realize what you have to work on, but be patient with yourself. Realize that it comes from trauma and that it was trauma that you most likely had no control over and that loss of control caused severe fear. And to those that don't have anxiety or love someone that have anxiety, be patient I'm sure if they are facing those anxieties and they are doing their best and they might seem like very small steps for you, you don't know how hard they are working to get past it. And the fact that they are even facing those fears is unbelievable and it should be praised. You should be giving them a round of applause for it. I know that facing things like sharing a washroom or having meat in that house is not really a normal thing to celebrate, but for one person something that's completely normal is a huge victory for another person. I guess what I'm trying to say is I know you might not understand and you don't have to understand in order to support that person. You don't need to understand to have grace with that person. Just be patient. If they're trying, acknowledge that and meet them halfway. Don't push them past the point that they are not comfortable with. And especially if you're fully aware of what they're going through and they express it, and instead of lashing out at you, which is very common with anxiety because you are so trapped in your own mind that you don't really know how to act, and that does not make it acceptable. if they put you down or if they yell at you or if they treat you poorly, that is not okay. But if they are expressing their anxiety in a way that is calm and they just tell you how they feel, be kind. Because that is not easy. It is not easy to explain to someone how you are feeling when you are embarrassed and ashamed and confused by it. It's, it's not a fun thing to go through. Like If someone has an anxiety like that, they know They know it's not a normal thing. They're fully aware of that. You don't need to tell them that. They know. And they already feel like they're too much or they're hard to be around because of it. They already have that guilt and it's not for them to carry. They didn't ask for this anxiety. They didn't ask for this fear. It's just part of their story. And as long as they're trying to move forward, there is nothing to look down on. It's honestly courageous if someone can face an anxiety no matter what it is. Now for a disclaimer, I am going to be talking about eating disorders and food and diets and restriction. So if you are currently struggling with any of the following, and you do not feel as though you are in a place where you can hear this, please skip ahead. I will not be mentioning weight or calories or anything like that, but if you find talking about restriction or diets and such is still a trigger for you, please don't listen further. I do not want to harm your mental or physical well-being Now for the most dangerous what if, the one that almost killed me, the one related to diets and food. To anyone who has ever been diagnosed with Lyme disease or some kind of chronic illness, you've most likely been put on some form of diet, unfortunately, I was put on all of them. I went from being someone who could eat anything without a thought to someone who was paleo, then keto, then raw vegan, then vegan, then only cooked foods, then this, then that. By the end of it, different doctors had claimed so many different foods as bad that none of them felt safe. So I stopped eating. In that moment, my what-ifs were so strong that I was starving myself and I was slowly killing myself. It didn't help that I was already so small for being sick for so long and that I had digestive issues because I was already associating food to pain. And now, what was once just avoiding food because I didn't want to be sick and I didn't want to be in pain, it became a full blown eating disorder. The scary part is, I didn't even know. I mean, if you're doing something to be healthy, it can't possibly be bad, right? No. It was terrible, and it was an eating disorder. Let me tell you, if you rather starve or die than eat a piece of cake because you think it'll make you ill or do something to you, it's an eating disorder. If you rather die than be on a feeding tube, do not let those what-ifs convince you it's for your own good. It is not healthy to obsess over everything that goes into your mouth. Do not convince yourself that that is normal. Do not convince yourself that that is okay. It is not. And it is not for your health because that is not healthy for your mind, it is not healthy for your soul, and it is not healthy for your physical being. And if you are someone who is going through something similar, I am not here trying to judge you or attack you. I'm honestly just saying this. Because I know for me, it took me so long to realize what was happening that it was almost too late and I would not want that for anyone else. So if you are struggling with any of the things I mentioned, please talk to someone that loves you and that can support you through it and get the help that you need. I am now diet free at a normal weight and guess what? I eat whatever I want and I am healthier, and I did not become ill from eating any of those foods that I was so afraid of. Fat was not this terrible thing, no, it just made me gain some booty and help my brain work better. And carbs didn't make me worse either, they gave me energy, and also they just taste delicious. Protein helped my muscles and strength. There is a reason God made all these things and said they are good. It's because they are. There's a reason diets always change and that no one can agree on one. Just think of it. Has there been one diet that has lasted through years that everyone agrees on? No. Why do you think that is? My digestion actually got better with variety and higher amounts. I no longer force feed myself, nor do I starve myself. I don't live around my food. And oh my goodness, is it ever freeing. It is hard in the beginning. It is. I will not lie to you. It's a battle every single meal, every single bite of food. But once you keep doing it, it gets less and less hard and Before you know it, it isn't hard at all. I'm French, so my life would not be complete without bread, butter, and cheese. I'm also Canadian, and my blood is 90% maple syrup. I'm serious. I go through a lot of maple tree tears. A lot. I'm getting better every day, and this is how I overcame it. Firstly... I had to realize that what-ifs aren't what-is. Those what-ifs are often untrue and mostly won't come true. And even if they did, being anxious about it won't stop it from happening. I began to truly look at my actions and I made sure that I was never acting out of fear. I will ask myself why I'm choosing to do what I'm doing. For example, am I doing this out of fear or am I not doing it out of fear? If so, I look at why I should and shouldn't do something. And if I do or don't simply because of fear and doing or not doing it is greater than the other option, then I just do that. This podcast is a fine example of that. I didn't want to do it because I was scared to fail or that someone would judge me or make fun of me. I, however, chose to do it anyways because the reason I wanted to do it was to help others and give my pain a purpose and meaning. And all of that is much greater than my fear. Then came the hard part, facing my fears. I had to do it gently and slowly, but I had to face them. The more I faced them, the less power they had over me. At first, I would eat something and cry, and I would have a mental breakdown. Now I am eating crackers and cheese, which I used to be afraid of both, and I'm not even bothered. The more I did it and listened to my body, the more quiet the what-if voice got. It was the same for everything else. Although I did have to take it easy, you don't want to overdo it and exhaust yourself or your nerves and adrenals and it won't ever be easy or feel good but there's a difference between pushing yourself too far and just pushing yourself forward as long as you're moving forward it doesn't matter how quickly you're doing it it is better to be slow and steady than to overdo it and go backwards that's it that's how I got past my anxiety and that's how I continue to do so It's not some magical formula. It's just consistency and having grace. Having grace with yourself and understanding where that anxiety comes from, why you have it, and then facing it. And doing it in a gentle, kind manner. Because you deserve that. We'll close with a prayer. Again, as I said in the past podcast, if you have different beliefs than me, You can just say this to yourself as an affirmation. There is no judgment or pressure. That doesn't exist here. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what this podcast is for. I pray that whoever is listening finds peace and courage in knowing that they are in control of their own actions in life, that they are allowed to feel whatever they feel, and that they deserve to move forward and that they are capable of it. They are capable of so much more than they know. Give them the strength needed to face whatever fear has a stronghold on them. Allow them to slowly be able to release themselves from these chains of fear and to be free. Amen. That is all for today. Don't forget... It's a dark world, be a light.